Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama. This is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the, I started to say Monday. It feels like a Monday. But hey, it's Tuesday. So that's a great that's a great thing already. Hope everybody had a good Memorial Day weekend. Was it beautiful or what? I mean, it was gorgeous. The coolest Memorial Day that I can ever recall. Temperatures may have touched 80, and there was at least a breeze. I mean, there was a pretty, I mean, it was it was windy, breezy. Um, the only, and, and this is this is really nitpicking. This is one of my mother's. One of my mother's things when she would say, you know, you'd bitch if you were hung with a new rope. I mean, come on. It was like uh, it was a little too cool to just be hanging out by the pool. I mean, it was because the wind was blowing and my pool, there's plenty of shade and it never got it never got above 70. It hasn't gotten above 70 in my pool yet. That's pretty cool. I did get in it a couple of times. I mean, doing some work in the yard. It feels great. To get in after the initial shock but i'm telling you when you come up out of the water and it's like the wind is blowing and the water's been 70 degrees yeah a little, yeah. little chilly but i mean if that's my biggest complaint from the weather of the week and it was beautiful and again hope everybody had a great long weekend if you have that opportunity we're here with you to get things started here for this week and there is a lot for us to get to uh first let me let me introduce our our panel today <laughs> feel like it's like oh we're gonna no it's pretty much the regular crew for a monday it's bill dan drew at the controls and brian matthews is in with us today b matt how how was your weekend it was good i mean i covered the baseball of course and you know all the you know news there with them getting an auburn regional second year in a row which i'm sure we'll talk more mm-hmm. about but yeah it was, it was a nice weekend oh yeah dan how about you, man? Yeah, it was, I mean, a wonderful weekend. It was great to um, great great to to get to uh, relax a little bit. I was uh, spending some time up up near Lake Martin. Yeah, you didn't. Sound, you, you told me you weren't well, relaxing like, the whole time. Wasn't, no, very little of it was leisure time. But you know, I'm I'm putting in. Putting but it's in work great now. when you're help, helping the family. Yeah, move I, I into to, the new lake house. Yeah, I get, I get to feel nice about you know the the work I'm putting in for. Uh, uh, for, for the others who, who will get to who will get to enjoy the lake, uh, oh, uh, they're not going to invite you back. Well, I'll be there. It's like Dan, come help us too. move no, now, I'm, and then we'll I'm, see you well, later. I don't expect anything, so you know it's <laughs> nice to uh, you know it's it, it's nice it's nice to lend a hand. But no, so, yeah, but but a, a, as you pointed out earlier, Bill, it could have been could have been more challenging. Ooh, and, uh, I'm going to tell you, if you had to do any outside uh, work in normal Memorial Days when it's 90 degrees and high humidity, whew, yeah, th- this this beat that by a mile. Yeah, re- a really nice weekend, and uh, getting ready for uh, some uh, s- some baseball in town uh, this weekend. So should be uh, should be the beginning of a fun summer uh, here here in Auburn. And uh, and Drew is at the controls. Drew nodding. Yes, good weekend. Yeah, there we go. All right, there is a lot as we said to talk about. You guys have have uh, obviously touched on one of the subjects, and that is the Auburn Regional, which will get started on Friday. Uh, with a matchup, uh, let's see. It's is it Penn and Southern Miss? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. That will be the one o'clock game 
on Friday. And uh, let's see. So we, we'll talk about the regional. Got my tickets today. Uh, right. So so they sold uh, out. Yeah, they. Well, I I was one of those that, that was able to get my regular season ticket seats by going ahead and getting them. And uh, we will talk about that a good bit. Hey, big basketball news over the weekend as well. The return of Janai Broom, and that is that is a huge yeah. uh, reget yep. for Auburn. Real big. And uh, you're, you're getting back your leading scorer and rebounder. You're getting a guy who improved a whole bunch from game one to the end of the season last year and then went to the, um, uh, what, what is it called? The, 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 Com- G League, the, G the League. G League Elite Camp and yeah. then the NBA Combine and, and, and improved there. there. Yep, yep. And I, I think he's going to be a true stretch five for Auburn this season, which is going to be exciting to see. Uh, so so we'll, we'll talk about that and, and, and the basketball roster. And then today is the first day of the SEC spring meetings mm-hmm. down in Destin. And uh, there's been a parade of coaches, as you would expect. I mean, it seems like, like every 15 minutes, another coach came out and spent a little time with the media, uh, some news there. Obviously, the topic that is uh, at the front of everyone's mind is future SEC football scheduling, and it's looking more and more like we're going to have at least – a continue at least for the short term, a continuation of an eight-game SEC schedule. Yeah, I think that's possible. Yeah, I, I just um, I don't like that it's taken this long to get to this, and now oh, the plan is neither just, does uh, Greg Zanke. I can tell just you that to do a you know a, a one-year deal. I just I just well, what does that tell you? That tells it, you that the commissioner yeah. doesn't want to continue the eight-game yep. schedule. And every time a president or a AD says it's not about the money. It's always about the money. It has nothing to do with the health of the student athletes. That oh, is that, that is the biggest bull. crock. That it's, is the yeah. biggest crock Stop that I've heard from anyone. Right. Concern of the safety for a nine-game Please. conference schedule. They weren't concerned for the safety during COVID in 2020. Exactly. They played a ten-game conference yeah. schedule. It's, it's all it's all negotiations with ESPN. It sounds like I know there's other stuff going on, but it sounds like if if ESPN is that is the major more major factor for, for a nine-game. If, if they don't want to pay more for a nine-game conference schedule, uh, then I think there are a lot of SEC teams that say, let's wait until they are before adopting one. It's a, it's a, it's a negotiation piece. It's a chip in, uh, in, in a bargain with ESPN. Not to mention, I guess there is the financial consideration of the number of out-of-conference games that would be canceled if the conference went to a nine-game uh, conference schedule with, with three out-of-conference games instead of four on the schedule. But the big bargain, or the big, the big negotiation, sounds like it's between the SEC and ESPN as as to whether or not ESPN is going to fork over the money to convince the SEC to go to nine conference games right now. ESPN it's a is, tough time for yeah, the ESPN yeah. right now because a couple of things. They don't have to do it until 2025, and they're also restructuring. They are making massive cuts right now, and it would be very difficult to, on one side, you know, in, 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 one, in one breath, Talk about needing to restructure and making cuts while in the next breath you're going to pay multi-millions dollars, multi-millions more for football rights to a conference that you already have rights to. Well, and, and even though the SEC is as popular as ever as a football product and uh, the NFL is doing incredible numbers on television, I think a lot of cable networks are in, you know, they're, they're concerned about 
if we sign, especially now, if we sign big rights deals, if we sign big, uh, we, we sign big, uh, we, we get into partnerships, long partnerships with, uh, with, with, especially sports leagues. I would say conference, uh, uh, college conferences, and sports leagues. What is the landscape going to look like two years from now, four years from now, eight years from now, as far as how many people are subscribing to cable? Because those numbers are in decline. They're, they, they've been in decline for a while. They, they don't appear to be changing the trajectory anytime soon. And it, it, it can reach a point where the, these deals become unpro- unprofitable for the broadcast networks. And so uh, with, I mean, the, the TV landscape seems like it's going to change a lot over the next few years as fewer and fewer people subscribe to what we've known for a while as basic cable mm-hmm. and networks like ESPN and TNT and and Fox places that want to broadcast games on cable and turn a profit on it they're going to have to recalibrate what's worth it and what isn't and um yeah I you know I I think this negotiation is a is a little window into that which is going to be something that I think becomes a bigger and bigger deal over the next few years. Yeah, so so this is that is why though I think Greg Sankey wants to sort of well doesn't want to but would rather have a temporary short-term continuation of the eight-game schedule than to say okay this is the way it's going to be and lock it down. Just one real quick thing on ESPN. First of all, their annual revenue is around $4 billion a year. So when they talk about these massive cuts, it ain't the CEO and the CFO and all not. those people getting cuts, right? They're still raking in the bucks. We know, we know who's getting cuts there. Second of all, yes, they are going through a change. They are talking about or going through the process of launching a subscription streaming service like every other mm-hmm. media company is, right, and to join that group. But... Um, you know, that would be. If uh, you, I don't feel sorry. Let me put it this way. I, I, oh, don't I don't feel, feel sorry, sorry for, for them, them, but I understand the situation right now. They feel like, hey, we don't need to be talking about this right now. We've got something in place for 2024, and I don't blame the SEC then for saying, yeah, and you're not going to get an extra game for it. Right. I think I think there are there's a significant number of cable subscribers who are who, who subscribe to their cable package, not entirely but largely for access to ESPN and ESPN2 and the SEC network the, you know because you have to you have to actually you can't you can't get those just from subscribing to ESPN plus like you have to right. be a cable subscriber if ESPN had a window for people to access ESPN ESPN2 the SEC network and the full library on the website yeah. without being a cable subscriber I think that would change the economics of basic cable oh, yeah. tremendously. Well, it, it would kill you. Of any TV providers of that those. include ESPN. Right. Exactly. I mean, I mean that, basic cable streaming services. I mean, you know, but, but whatever. But even, yeah, any, anything you're using to subscribe to right. cable and, and the ESPN family as part of that, I think would be, it'd be a massive shift. And they're, and they're talking about doing that. I, I wonder if, I mean, aside from, I don't, I don't know. There, there are, there are a few select brands that are really keeping, Cable television viewership numbers afloat. ESPN is I mean, one yeah, of them. I think ESPN is is 
maybe the play, playoff sports on other networks. You right. know, when you, when you get into stuff like that during election season, cable news can sort of work into that a little bit as well. But but it's a, it's a short list, and ESPN going to you know ESPN going over the top direct to consumer would be a uh, it would be a massive change, and it would it would uh, uh, it would impact that industry in a way that that very few things can. So, uh, we'd love your thoughts. <laughs> on these topics, anything on your mind, sports-wise. Yeah, we'll get into the baseball, uh, we'll get into the regional, the SEC dominant as well with half of the hosts for the uh, for the regionals. We'll talk about that and much more uh, as we're just getting underway. Hour number one of The Drive brought to you as usual by our friends at Kia of Auburn and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. They're also the sponsor of our hotline. One of the ways you can get through to us here on The Drive, by calling 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on The Drive text box. Presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. We'll get to our first break of the afternoon. Come on in and join us. It's Bill, Dan, and Brian here on The Tuesday Drive. Live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Tuesday. Again, uh, I know I'm going to say it. I'm going to call it Monday sometime. Uh, but it's Tuesday. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. And uh, we'd love for you to join in. As we said, there's so much to talk about. Let's let's uh, talk a little baseball with eight of the 16 regional sites, SEC homes. Yeah, that's a new record. And yeah. It's a... Auburn program record to host a regional here in Auburn for two straight and years. And that's hard to believe. I mean, Auburn's had some really, really good teams. You would have thought Auburn would have hosted in back-to-back years, but it's the first time. Yep, yep. They, they, they have had some terrific seasons. But, you know, before 96, it was hard for them to host because right. Plainson Park was not right. what it is now. And really after, say, 2000, was it three maybe? When did Hal Bear retire? I can't remember exactly. Uh, that sounds right. I think it was right along. And, and for a long period of time after that, there was a lot of, you know, um, ups and downs. It was before say. that. It was before that because uh, that was uh, uh, Slate, where Tommy Slate okay. was here. Yeah, it was before that then. It yeah. was three or four years before that, It was that, right? because it was Steve. It was, yeah, it was, it was, around, it was around 99, 2000. Okay. Yeah, that makes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because yeah. I remember because Scott walked on in 2004. Yeah. And, of course, uh, looking back on it, uh, Steve had – Three or oh, was it three years he was here? Or four. Four I years. It was four. Had four of the best years until Bush Thompson showed mm-hmm. up, right? That's I mean, right. He had some really good teams. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, congratulations. And as you said, Brian, I mean, the tickets were gone. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they had offered them to the season ticket holders to be able to buy, and some people held off. I saw some folks online that said, well, I waited and I tried, and they're gone. It's like, yeah. They were gone like uh, within minutes when when it was announced that Auburn was a regional host to those folks that had not purchased. So it's going to be sold out, and um, just yeah, looking forward to that. And uh, um, but I mean, you you look around, and Auburn's the thirteenth seed. That that raised yeah. some eyebrows, but I mean that sh- that tells me that 
the way Auburn performed and the way teams performed down the stretch was a factor. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, Auburn has matched up with the Clemson Regional. Clemson, I think, is the number four. Four. Mm-hmm. See. Yeah. Yep. And they have Tennessee as the number two there, which is a, a strong mm-hmm. two. And Auburn, I think, has a really strong two in Southern Miss. Yeah, they do. But who, I, yeah. But, so, I mean, if, yeah. if Auburn wins, it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility that Tennessee could uh, knock off Clemson and the yeah. Super Regional could be here. And that would be but the, the first, first thing you got to do is take care yeah. of this. That would be the first time ever Auburn hosting Super Regional. So, that, I mean, more history is possible with this team. Southern Miss, one of uh, four Sun Belt teams to make the draw. Coastal Carolina's hosting a regional. Uh, they've got a, they're the, what did they end up as, the, the Conway? Uh, didn't, isn't Coastal's hosting a regional, aren't they? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe oh yeah they are they're the Conway yeah, they're, Conway. They're, they are the I don't have the seedings in mind but uh, uh, I've got uh, I've that, got the full okay thing I've, from I've U.S. baseball NCAA baseball yeah I've got NCAA.com's posting of it but they don't have the they've got they the, didn't have the numbers by they, them they don't have the they don't have the one through sixteen they tell huh. you the regions but uh, uh but they they don't yeah they don't give me that that piece of information but yeah coastal's uh, coastal's hosting a regional with Duke as the two seed uh, Troy. Is in Alabama's regional, I believe. They're in Tuscaloosa. They are. With, uh, yeah, Troy, uh, Boston College, and Nichols are the three in the Alabama regional. Yeah. And Louisiana is uh, one of the last teams in there in the uh, Coral Gables regional in, uh, in Miami. But the, uh, yeah, the Auburn, I mean, it wasn't all that long ago. Auburn looked like they could be the two seed in the Clemson regional. We were looking at the bracket mm-hmm. and what coming after the, I think it was after the LSU weekend. Uh, Auburn was, uh, was still playing their way uh, up from there. But yeah, Auburn looking like, uh, they, they've got a, uh, they got they got a, a, a an okay draw. Oh, I, mean, I think it's all, I think all it's, things considered. I, I mean, no, I think it's uh, about as about as good as you could have expected. Yeah, so, I think Southern, Southern Miss is a strong two, yeah. but if you're going to be the 13th seed, you're probably going to get a pretty strong right. Team, right, and there and there are some quality twos, you know, on the board uh, here in in other regionals too. So I think Southern yeah. Miss is is you know about about what Auburn could have expected. And I think the Penn has a pretty good pitching staff, and they got some depth there. So mm-hmm. if you know they're a team that could hang around, they could pull an upset here. So. I think it's going to be a, a, a competitive and a really quality regional, and Auburn's going to have to play well to win. And I mean, they cannot just show up and, and win this regional. It's Auburn and Penn uh, to to begin because because Penn's the four, right? Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's all be. Uh, is it six? One and six. Yeah. The first. The first Friday, game is the, the first yeah. game is Southern Miss Samford, yep. and then and then Auburn and Penn will play the uh, the, the second game of the day. And, and Saturday, Sunday, Friday. because of ESPN, they're going to be two o'clock and eight o'clock. So that Auburn, if they if they win, they're going to keep playing in that eight o'clock um, uh, time slot. So that's going to be a little bit late nights at uh, yeah. No kidding. Plains Park. So uh, yeah, looking looking forward to that, and uh, yeah, I mean, you look around. I guess I a think, couple. Uh, of... I think our buddy Greg Olson is going to be on the TV call for that. I think I saw something about that on uh, on social media. Former uh, uh, f- former uh, major league reliever and uh, and one of one of Auburn's uh, all time greats. So uh, should be uh, should should be a part of the part of the TV team for that. Yeah, Olson. you look you look around, and uh, um, I guess the the most discussion was the fact that Campbell, the only top. The only top 16 RPI team that did not get in at Auburn's RPI was, what, 18, uh, I guess. But uh, the strength of schedule, Campbell's strength of schedule was, you know, barely in the top 100. Yeah. And, and, you know, the Campbell people were calling out Auburn, but Auburn was the 13th. 13th. Season. Yeah, it, Alabama so, was the 16th. Right, right. And then South Carolina was a team that, you know, really, really struggled down yeah. the stretch. But their RPI was so high that yeah. they got in. Yeah, and they had a great first half of the right. season, let's say, before the injuries hit them. Yeah, so uh, so yeah, excitement there with the uh, with the regional coming. Uh, 
it would be the, the dream would be that we have a repeat of the weather we had this past weekend, which isn't going to happen. It's going to be a little warmer. Yeah, it looks like we might hit the nineties. Yeah, oh that. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, a, I mean, it's about to be June. I, I mean, know. No kidding. Day after right. tomorrow I mean, is June. I mean, we're we're uh, we're we're making media day reservations mm. here, you know. So it's uh, it's yeah, it's, it should be in the in the neighborhood. Although I don't think Apple. I mean, it's it's it doesn't have the how it feels, just the just the temperature. Yeah, forecast. the humidity is going to go up too. Humidity is going to influence us. I don't think Apple has a high over eighty eight in no. the next ten days. Actually, so. it says 82, 82, 84 for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, that's right fine. Now. Yeah, so that's so, fine. I mean, even if the humidity is up there a little bit, that's still ago. oh, yeah. it's unbelievable for the first weekend yeah. in June. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, it was it was crazy for this past weekend. So that would be perfect baseball weather. So what do you guys think as far as Auburn got to have a little bit of a break after? After the SEC tournament between uh, you know between the, the last game they played against Alabama and the game they'll play on Friday against Penn team had been playing really well, uh, but some of those players might have needed a couple of days off. What, what do you think about you know does, does that uh, does do you worry about the break disrupting the momentum or do you think it could be a blessing because some of these guys needed to uh, needed to recharge a little bit? I thought they looked tired, and and Hoover they had to play those late games and come back for game three and play during the day. The, the hey, team I, just looked a little lethargic all three games to me. I, I thought so too. I also think a little extra time to get Christian Herbert Holt, yep. to get Tommy Vale close to a hundred percent. I don't think this is bad at all. I mean, the fact that they're coming home, uh, I, I think I think is great. Yeah, so I, I, I you know they they did get a win uh, to to get into the. You know, get into the uh, uh, eight double elimination. Mm-hmm. Uh, double elimination there at the SEC tournament. So, so no, I don't, I don't, I don't see anything bad about it at all. Getting back to the friendly confines, I think, is great. Yep, they do. They did get a day off, and uh, they were going to go to the lake this afternoon. So that's a chance to reset. Just the question is, you know, are they going to be able to, you know, get this break and then come back and play at the level they were, you know, when they won nine straight games to finish out the regular season? And beating Missouri in the first game of the SEC tournament, can they pick pick up where they left off? We'll see. Yeah, yeah. because I mean they they've been swinging it so well, and they still hit they 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 still hit homers. Oh yeah, in in a much bigger ballpark up in Birmingham. Oh, yeah. They just didn't get a lot of solo home runs. Right. There, well, they, right? they they struggled sometimes with men on base. Yes. Uh, so I mean there were, there were a couple of things that that made you think back to you know some struggles. Uh, leaving men on base and the inability to when when you scored to stop the other team from scoring it seemed like that was a problem there yeah. in the last couple of games. Anytime Auburn would score, they, the the opponent would be able to bounce yeah. right back. And you know you feel like uh, Chase Alsup has been pitching well. Many he has. This. He's pitched the best best he's pitched all year. And, and Tommy Vale may have been the best SEC pitcher besides um, Skeens. Skeens going down know, the, the second stretch. half of yeah. SEC play. Uh, if he can get back to that form, you know, you got to like that. And, um, you know, before he, he was uh, slightly injured, Herbert was pitching really well, too. So you feel like Auburn set up well, but they've got to go out there and perform and, and not really have a letdown like they did those last two games, you know, in Hoover. The Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and the, and the way the middle of the lineup has started, too. Yeah. I mean, the, the the finish to the season for Bryson Ware, including. And Cole Foster's been hot, right? Three home, was it three Ooh, homers? Yes, he has. Three, three homers in Hoover? Three, and then Cole yeah, had Bryson. two, and then a couple, um, I guess, in that final series, too. However, Bobby Pierce, uh, Cooper McMurray, both guys struggling yeah, a little Cooper bit. definitely struggling. Lately, so mm-hmm. those, those are guys that maybe the time off will help them get it back. You know, um, the bottom of the order had some success there late, but then started to struggle again. Mm-hmm. So that's an area they need to pick up, too. So, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. I think if Auburn can perform at a 
pretty high level, you know, they can win this regional. I mean, they, they're hosting it. They play well at home. Last year's Auburn Regional, they outscored three opponents 51 to 18. Right. So they just, they just came out and just clobbered. Uh, you know, it was what, Southeastern Louisiana. Um, who was the, who was the biggie? UCLA. Yeah, and, UCLA. Um, That's right, Dan. Generally. <laughs> Yeah, well, I remember that, no, he just didn't want to say. Yeah, I was at that game. Uh, no, the, uh, the Southern Miss is. A, I mean, that, that's that's a quality. They're a forty-one opponent. win team. Yeah, that's right. a quality opponent. Auburn's got to oh, get. Oh, Florida State I, was another one. They, I, they but I think Auburn should be favored in you know in the regional, and, and I would. Uh, yeah, I, I like I like their chances. The most interesting thing that I saw. I mean, I'd, I'd forgotten that they'd won their conference tournament. Was seeing a forty-loss. Team How about that? In the tournament. Yeah. Tulane, and what do they get? They get to go to Baton Rouge. Yeah, fun. And uh, play LSU there. But, I mean, does LSU throw skeins? I doubt it. Mm. I mean, don't don't you use it? You save that yeah. for a matchup against the number two team. Right. I think if so you're I, the number one seed, you can save your number one Yeah, pitcher. you should. If you're the number two seed, then you got that <laughs> okay. That if you, right. you hope you've got two guys that are close. Right, right. And how good is the, the number three seed and right. how good is their starter? I mean, right? Tulane's got to throw – Tulane will throw whatever they have Oh yeah, against LSU. So, Southern Miss won that Sun Belt tournament we were talking about, too. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the, uh, you know, it was Southern Miss, Louisiana there at the end. Coastal probably could have imp- improved their seeding by, by winning the thing. But, uh, uh, no, Southern Miss comes in hot having just won uh, that tournament in Montgomery. Yeah, Coastal is the 10 – Overall seed. Southern Miss also, um, you know, last year they hosted the regional and won it. They hosted the super regional. Old Miss, the team that got hot, came in there and beat them. And then went on and won the whole thing. Right. So they got a little burr, probably a little. And, and they're coaching. Yeah, retirement. I was going to say, that, that's a biggie right there. And he's being, being replaced uh, next season by his top assistant. So this team is going to be really highly motivated. Coming yeah, they've got a lot to be playing for. They also won 15 of 16 games to close out the season. So they are a hot, hot team. I think too. you get a little chestiness, too, when you get a Sun Belt team playing against an SEC team. Oh, yeah. sure, you do. A belief of, sure you do. One that feels like they you know, they should have been hosting. Yeah, I don't know how many. Well, not just that, but I think from a, from a player attitude oh, yeah. standpoint. Like these, you know, these, these guys, people think these guys are better than us because they're in the SEC and we're in the Sun Belt. And, and you have an opportunity to prove otherwise, you know, when, when you get them on the field. When, when you've seen Sunbelt teams come to SEC teams midweek, right? Like, doesn't it feel like the game tends to mean a whole lot more to those teams oh, yeah. that don't get a Always. lot of chances? And, and, and also, you know, the game could be really meaningful for, uh, for, for RPI purposes yeah. uh, when, they're, when they're playing those kind of things. That, that, uh, that Troy-Auburn game uh, that went down, to the, uh, went down to the last pitch a couple of weeks ago at Plainsman Park. Uh, comes to mind as a game like that. So and, you know, Auburn's gonna have to be a uh, Auburn's gonna have to watch out. It's, like, it's a, a good, hungry, uh, dangerous Southern Miss team. And they could save their number one Tanner Hall for Auburn. He is twelve and three, a two point two three ERA, one hundred nine strikeouts. They've I'm also sure got they, a, I'm sure they're planning on doing yeah, that. They've also got a setup guy that's two and zero with a sub two ERA. So that's why you pull for Samford to beat to, yeah. to beat Southern's number two guy. And they've got um, a closer that's five and one with eight saves. So I mean they've got they've oh, got yeah. some studs. I mean is it, if that's who it is, if it's Vale versus Tanner Hall, Auburn versus Southern Miss Saturday night, that's going to be a huge game, and Auburn's going to need that extra home support. All right, we need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in three three four three two one thirteen ninety here on the Tuesday Drive.
continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. 25 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday means... We get to spend some time with our good friend from CBSSports.com and SiriusXM. That's Barrett Selly. Barrett, it's Bill, Dan, and Brian Matthews here in the uh, studio today. As obviously, um, we didn't have a show yesterday, so we dragged Bri- dragged Brian in here today. Uh, some some interesting stuff coming out down in uh, in Destin early on. Uh, it's going to be going to be really interesting to see if. The commissioner gets his way, or we stay with eight SEC football games. Well, I'm just first uh, glad that Brian's classing up to join. Y'all need somebody in there yeah, that's right. to join up. So, yeah, uh, right. you know, it's uh, it's nice to see that uh, y'all finally came to your senses about that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the eight and nine game conference schedule thing, I mean, it is all leverage. It's been leverage for, you know, a, a year now. There are – it's not just teams that – want the eight-game conference schedule is that they want the not a right nine-game conference schedule right. for their individual needs, right? So, um, you know, we can sit here and say, well, Team X, Y, and Z are, are really for the eight-game schedule. No, they're not. They know it's a nine-game schedule. They know the money's going to be there. They know ESPN's driving the bus. They're just going to fake their stance in an, in an attempt to try to get the three easiest permanent rivals. And look, I'm Okay, that's fine. Essentially, that's what Nick Saban did last week when when he got mad that, uh, well, he didn't say it, but you know what's up with him. He doesn't want Tennessee, Auburn, and LSU. And I'm totally understanding that. So sure. It's all jockeying for position at this point. Right, and, and I wonder if we will see the SEC go through with a year with the eight-game uh, schedule continuing and the rivalries that, that could be suspended if they went with it for a long period of time, uh, the the Alabama-Tennessees and the Auburn-Georges and the uh, LSU-Florida, you know, rivalries like that. wonder if we'll get the one-year reprieve or uh, if the if the brinksmanship continues to where uh, we could actually see those, those games disrupted, Barrett. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they're going to have, like, sort of a, you know, I don't, I, they're not going to take the hand down the road that much. You know, I think that uh, they're going to want to go into 2024 with a long-term structure, um, stability in the conference, the SEC, right? Um, so I, I just I can't imagine Greg Sankey allowing that to happen. Now, ultimately, I mean, and you guys have been down to death too. It's, it's the really the presidents more than any more than the ads and coaches that ultimately decide this and. They're the ones that I think value stability even more than Sankey, even more than the ADs. So, I mean, I think right now it's just it, you're, they're going to hammer things out. They're going to make deals either above the board or, or underneath the table. And the SEC is going – ultimately, I think what, what this ends up being is nine-game conference schedule, three permanent, six rotating. There are going to be two permanents that are – you know, set in stone, there's going to be a third permanent that is that there's no way that it cannot be that forever. So put them 
say a four year. I mean, go ahead and get through get get through everything one time. Andy, for no reason other than the fact that you don't have anybody else to be a rival with, that that's stupid. That's just not fair. Yeah, of course we thought you know we thought that this would be done well before now. I think I think Greg Sankey was hoping that this wouldn't be the main topic down at the uh, meetings in Destin. Baron, I've I've floated I've floated the possibility that Nick Saban's objection, if if Nick Saban if Nick Saban is indeed against uh, a nine game schedule now, I wonder if his objection is Alabama would play LSU, Auburn, and Tennessee, while Georgia would play. Auburn, Tennessee, and Florida. The difference being Alabama plays LSU every year, Georgia plays Florida every year. And with, and with the way Florida's trending at the moment, may, maybe Nick Saban would think, well, well, they're getting an easier draw than, than, than we are. Am I, am I putting the tinfoil hat on and, and, and reading too much into this? I, I don't know if you're putting the tinfoil hat on. I, I just think everybody's sort of looking out for themselves, right? right. Um, which, I mean, look, that's totally fine. I get it. Um, I think, but the problem now is that, yeah, I mean, if you're Nick Saban and you say, I don't want Tennessee, Auburn, and LSU every year, fine, I get it. If you're, if you're Auburn, you say, I don't want to play Georgia, Alabama, and LSU every year, whatever. Whoever's being tossed around as that third time. Uh, look, I get it, but that also puts the SEC in an interesting predicament that it has to sort of predict which teams are going to be good and which teams suck. Right. right. So the SEC cannot like it can't treat Vanderbilt any differently than it treats Alabama in, in this discussion, which has led to the problem because now it seems like the SEC is trying to keep some sort of remnants of the division structure in place. And you know, if you're going to remove divisions, remove divisions. And, and it, it seems like they're trying too hard to have it both ways, and and part of that is because they can't treat teams differently depending on how, you know, based on what their football acumen is. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's interesting to see as, as it goes. So you think, you think they're going to be able to iron this thing out and have a nine-game conference schedule by Friday? I think they will. I, I think they'll have the matrix down. They'll have the – I don't know why. I don't know because they usually send out that giant – um, you know, uh, scheduling spreadsheet at some oh, point, yeah. but I think that, and you guys know how that, how that works. Uh, but I think they're going to have the format in place. Um, they're going to iron out the details of, of how things are going to work, which teams get which opponents. I don't think that stuff's going to happen yet. Uh, but they're going to, they're going to settle in on the nine game with the three permanent and, um, they're, uh, they might release the permanent opponents. Maybe not. I don't know. I would doubt it, but they'll mm-hmm. definitely have some structure in place. Well, you know, and, and what a lot of folks don't think about is this isn't the only sport. I mean, it's not like it is the SEC football spring meetings. It's the SEC yeah. spring meetings. They've got to also come to uh, some kind of understanding what you're going to do with 16 teams for basketball and for baseball and for all the other sports. And what I'm hearing with basketball is, uh, at least I think it sounds like the commissioner uh, would rather make it tougher for our teams to get in, um, and and uh, especially baseball. I think I think it sounds like the baseball tournament may stay at 12, so four teams wouldn't get in. 
And, uh, you know, scheduling for, for those other sports isn't just a piece of cake either. No, it's not. And, and that's what I think sort of gets lost in this is, you know, the, the people that haven't been down to Destin and don't understand how that sort of those four days work, you know, sort of assume it is the football spring meetings, which, I mean, it's, you're right, it's not. And there's a lot of other things going on. But from the outside, I think a lot of people think, oh, my God, they didn't get it figured out in, in a day and a half. They're just, they're, they can't they can't they got make nothing else to do. It's like, yeah, it's like, okay, the coaches from all the sports are there. They, they leave Wednesday afternoon. Then the presidents and ADs kind of finish things up. And the league meets, meets with the football coaches for, like, what, two hours, I think? And then it's got to meet with the baseball coaches and the softball coaches, like all that stuff. And so, it's go- look, it's going to be portrayed as if the SEC is dysfunctional, if significant progress isn't made. And that's, that's just the way things are. But considering how... How Eli Drinkwitz got dragged under the bus today for making a joke. I guess we shouldn't be surprised. Talking with Barrett Salee from CBS Sports and Sirius XM on the Tuesday edition of the Drive. Yeah, Bree, you know, I, I guess some NIL conversation worked its way up there at the uh, at the end with Eli Drinkwitz, and and I do wonder um, if that's uh, in, increasingly uh, going to be something that coaches are are asked about because we've got. Uh, now, now it, it feels like uh, the state laws uh, could become a, a bigger, a bigger yeah. piece of the pie. Yeah, state laws. You know, it's kind of how it started. It's all kind of come together, and then now they're trying to figure out, you know, how to operate it. You know, basically, and the quote I think was from Ross uh, that they're all money laundering, which yep. um, immediately makes me think of Jason Bateman and Ozark, and I'm not going to think anything else. Like, <laughs> See, I'm just going to assume that that they're all money laundering, like with cash inside the walls of their houses. Like I, the I immediately go to office space where they're looking up money laundering. Like in the, <laughs> the, the dictionary, they're looking it up to, to see, you know, and I guess they... So, you know, the question I had for Bill is if you're... If your state passes laws that exempt the SEC from investigating your school, how, how can the SEC allow member institutions in in states. how can they remain members yeah how do you, how does that how does that work where your state exempts you from uh, from the conferences uh re- regulatory bodies i wish i had an answer for you <laughs> there's not one that's just, i mean there's just not and i you know i think when that, that's going to lead to more push for federal legislation which would be even worse because I don't want the federal government running anything. But I think right now coaches just want to know. I think right now the coaches just want to have it, right? They want to be able to, to use the resources, however they are, to, to get their best teams. To help um, them. But yes, to now, help themselves. now I think the, the problem is that the collectives and the athletic departments have quickly merged into one. And that's the last thing that – the, the the regulators and the like the ads and the presidents now they have to deal with something that popped up very quickly and like four there's no good answer to it so you let the states do it or you let the federal government do it or you just let it be a wild wild west the the thing is it, the market will probably handle itself if you don't bother you don't bother it um, because at, at some point there there are going to be people who shy away from collectives if they're not getting the return on their investment. And 
that's something that's going to have to, you know, go through a couple of years, couple of cycles to, to sort of um, to sort of find out how that works. Yeah, and and the other thing that it appears just from uh, from, from reading the uh, reading that entire article is that uh, if if these laws you know stay in place or other states decide to do that, we're getting closer and closer to uh, student athletes being employees. Yeah, you know, and ultimately, I think that's that's where it ends up. Uh, but I think you run the risk of you know having to hire and fire people. But essentially, that's what's happening now, yeah. right? At first, I thought you know this is like five six years ago before we knew the process of how NIL was going to work or whatever. It's like, oh, players don't want to be in a position where they get hired and fired. But quickly, that's what we where we are now. You don't. You don't think Peyton Thorns in in uh, in Auburn because Michigan State was like, eh, we're probably not going to give you the raise that you thought you would, so you might as well go. And if you don't like it, go look somewhere else. That's exactly what happens in business. That's exactly what happens for employees. If you're up for a five percent raise and you only get three, you're going to be mad at your employer, and you're probably going to look elsewhere. Which, again, totally fine. It's just not not structured. It's just beautifully dysfunctional like everything in college athletics is. And I don't think that, I think that's just going to be the way it is, which honestly gives us something to talk about and, and gives us content, which is always good for us. Uh, Bravos in Oakland uh, tonight, the 11 and 45 Oakland. God, they're bad. Hosting, uh, hosting. Atlanta tonight. Bryce Elder. You know, we, we talk about a lot of Braves on the show. We don't, hey, he's been, Elder, he has no. been such a fine, what a, I mean, it's not like nobody knew about him, but I mean, with, with, with all the injuries and with, uh, you know, the inconsistencies of, of Jared Schuster, Dylan Dodd, Bryce Elder has been just what the Braves needed. Yeah, he's been awesome. Uh, I can't believe they, they threw that game away yesterday. I mean, you're right. That's a wretched, wretched team. Um, but, yeah, Bryce has been awesome. You know, he, he knows what to do. He doesn't have overpowering uh, stuff, and, and he still finds a way to get it done. He's, uh, get it done. He's smart. And, uh, he better handle business today because if, if, uh, if we lose a series at Oakland, that's, well, you don't, that's, you, uh, you don't that, get is, to, that does not sit well. No, that's an embarrassment. You don't get to face a lot of AAA yeah. lineups over the course of the Major League if Baseball season. If they won, season. just think. 16% of their wins on the season would have come in the last two days Plen- against the Braves. Plenty of good That's seats. Awful. Plenty of good seats still available, by the way. Yeah. If you're, in, if you're, near, yeah. if you're yeah. near Oakland tonight and you want to go to yeah, that you game. Yeah, got, you got an extra couple of bucks. I'm yeah, sure you can sit wherever you want. It'll be like the old days yeah, in, yeah, in exactly. Fulton County. Yeah, and, 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 go, exactly. and go and go while you can, because that's that's an attraction that's yeah, going to be in Vegas. Unfortunately, what a, yeah, what, what a oh, shame. Oh, man. Uh, great stuff as always. Always, um, what what uh, what have you got, Barrett? What have you got coming up? And uh, you know, let folks know how they can find it. We have uh, SEC odds analysis coming up tomorrow. I've got a feature. I spoke with uh, with uh, Sam Pittman and KJ Jefferson, so that'll be up on Thursday, I believe. And uh, Ben Assad is down in Destin for all the SEC spring meeting nonsense, so uh, we'll have all of that as well. I like that, Dennis Dodd and Destin. That's right. <laughs> All right, Barrett. Thanks, man. Have a great week. All right. Y'all too. See you. Barrett's Ali joining us as he does on Tuesdays. We really appreciate uh, him joining us on the Kia of Auburn Hotline. We'll get to our final break of hour number one. Come on in and join us.
The Industrial Development Board of the City of Auburn is looking for college juniors and seniors working internships for a company in the Auburn area this summer to be a part of the AIM experience. 25 interns will be selected from Auburn and Montgomery into the first AIM experience program, which provides valuable and fun experiences in the Auburn and Montgomery communities. Learn, serve, network, and socialize in Auburn and Montgomery and see why these cities could be your next professional home. Nine meetings will be held during the summer and all sessions will be after work hours. Transportation will be provided for events outside of Auburn and there is no cost to be a part of the program. Only your excitement and commitment to meet new people, see new things, and experience new adventures. Visit workinauburn.com and click on the AIM experience to apply. Applications are due June 2nd. The program kicks off on June 7th, so make sure you apply by the June 2nd deadline. Once again, to be a part of the AIM experience, go to workinauburn.com and click on AIM experience to apply today. Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final segment of hour number one. Just a couple of minutes left here in the first hour. Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews, AuburnSports.com. And, and Brian, we were talking with Barrett about all things going on. I mean, tons going on. I mean, with the regional coming up, Janai Broom coming back, the SEC meetings. You guys uh, got it all covered there at AuburnSports.com. We do. And I uh, had a, a capsule today uh, on Auburn's regional going over each team. Yeah. And, uh, their strengths and, and what they're bringing to the table. Uh, we'll continue to you know cover baseball. We'll get Butch and some players. I think Thursday uh, to talk a little bit more about mm-hmm. you know the game against uh, Penn, which will be Friday night. And of course, we'll continue to update recruiting. Uh, official visits start this weekend. Yep. So, we'll so have updates big, on big that. weekend. Yep. I don't think it'll be big as far as the number of officials. But still, just getting it started. No, I mean, just with the regional going yes. on and, and oh, there yeah. being an official. It doesn't hurt having a regional in town either no, when, you bring, when no. you bring a visitor in. And, you know, maybe this staff will be intelligent enough to actually, you know, maybe. bring, bring oh, the, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't think anything's going to And I'm not talking about this staff. Guys. I'm really talking about last, yes. the previous well, staff. And, yeah, right. Who what, what, couldn't even get into what was it, Kentucky yeah. game, basketball game? Yeah. When was the... When is the timeline where people can start expecting commitments from the 24 and 25 classes? Is that well, something that... Something that's going to happen is June is going to be full of official visitors each weekend. And those guys start making decisions end of June into July. So that's, I would say... Usually July. Yeah, I would start saying mid to late June into July is going to be a huge problem. All right, we're halfway done here on the Tuesday Drive. Come on in and join us. Again, the number... In case you've forgotten over the long weekend, 334-321-1390. Wealth Management. ESPN 1067. WGZZ HD3 Waverly and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is Sports Center. 
I'm Christine Lisi. Bob Myers, the man who helped transform the Warriors into an NBA dynasty, is stepping down as the team's president and GM. Said there were several factors beyond money in his decision-making process. The 48-year-old also said he's unsure of his future professional pathway. There was one trait in particular that made Myers so unique in his roles during a decade-plus tenure at Golden State, explains ESPN NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski. His ability to problem-solve, his mm -hmm. ability to operate within the egos of coaches and star players and egos of ownership and keep everybody together, uh, keep groups together. Listen, they brought Kevin Durant in, Kevin Durant left, they won two titles uh, and that dynasty continued. Catcher Gary Sanchez activated on the Padres roster in advance of tonight's game against the Marlins. He's in the lineup and batting seventh. San Diego claimed him off waivers yesterday. Dodgers first baseman Freddie Freeman, minus 152 odds by Caesars to ex extend MLB's longest active hitting streak to 19 tonight against the Nationals, 10-10 Eastern, ESPN+. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can help you protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV and RV and more. And if something wasn't mentioned that you had in mind, find out if it can be covered at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Because it probably can be. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in, hour number two of the Tuesday Drive. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews in since we were off for Memorial Day yesterday uh, here in the studio with Drew at the controls and hour number two of the drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. We'd love to hear from you and one of the ways you can join in, the easiest way for us to be able to respond to you immediately is by calling on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and that number is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840. The Drive Text Box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Uh, Drive Text Box open 24 hours a day, by the way, so if you're listening to the show on the podcast, you, know, you can throw a, a comment in that way as well. Uh, Southeastern Industrial Contractors also sponsors the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. I uh, hope you were with us for hour number one. I mean, we, we talked about quite a few things. I mean, there's a lot of news uh, regarding Auburn. I mean, with, um, with the baseball regional, Auburn, the 13 overall seed, and the Tigers will take on Penn in the evening game on Friday. The 1 o'clock game will match Sanford and Southern Miss, then 6 o'clock Auburn and Penn. And as Brian was saying earlier, the the matchups are later in the day because of TV yep. for uh, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, Auburn, if they keep winning, will be playing 8 o'clock uh, Saturday and Sunday night. And you hope that's the case. Yep, exactly. Uh, better, better than moving back to that uh, 2 o'clock start. Uh, eight SEC teams hosting regionals. That is a, uh, a a new record for one conference to have eight 
regional hosts. Auburn paired with the Clemson Regional, and Tennessee is among the teams there. So, I mean, if, if Clemson, if Auburn were to win their regional and Clemson does not win theirs, Auburn should be hosting a Super Regional. Yeah, we, we, we didn't do uh, Tiger Takes yesterday because we didn't have a show with, with Justin Kirby. Oh, that is right. I, I imagine we could try to track down Justin before the beginning of the postseason and try to have a talk with him at some point. Maybe, Lo- love get, to get a, maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. Love to get a perspective there. We'll, we'll work that one up the uh, up the flagpole yeah, yeah, here at Auburn Network. But it'd be, uh, yeah, it'd be great to talk to uh, someone who's been talking to us all season long, hey, just uh, think, Justin I, Kirby, about the uh, uh, about Auburn's preparations for the postseason. Yeah, and... and uh, uh, you know, we we talked with him about the, possibly that last home game. Well, the 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 guys who are, you know, making their final, you know, uh, making it their final season at Auburn. It's going to be, you know, at least one more opportunity this weekend, yeah. and the possibility if they can if they can win to uh, to maybe have another home series. <laughs> and with that, we also get uh, as someone asked the other day, hey, when's the construction going to start? Not till Auburn's done playing. And, uh, you know, they'd love for it to be a couple of weeks before construction could start uh, for the renovations there at, you know, uh, at, at uh, Plainsman Park. Auburn would love to keep playing home baseball even after this series is over if they, if they could advance to Super Regionals and uh, get into a situation where they're the hosting team. They, they would, if seating holds, it would be Auburn Clemson in super regional play, but uh, both both of those teams would have to win uh, their regional tournaments first. So, a, a, yeah, big weekend uh, in college baseball, huge weekend for Auburn baseball should be a, a good time. I would expect a contingent of uh, Southern Miss. And, yeah, I would think so. And, I wonder uh, how many tickets they got. Yeah, so, Southern Miss and South, and, and Samford fans, mm-hmm. uh, for, for that matter as well, yeah. but especially uh, yeah, Southern Miss, just because I know that, that that's a... Yeah, to see big... a lot of Quakers, then that, that would be a surprise. Well, there's a... Yeah, well, I mean, they what, make... what a great way... You know, it's this great, uh, great. You know, it's not spring break time, but I mean, go ahead, a little early summer vacation. Load up the wagon, absolutely, and, and bring 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 it down. Then you know, tie it to the oxen, and then bring 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 it uh, down from from Penn. Uh, no, but I think the uh, Southern Miss because. It's a story baseball program. It'll be hot with those long beards. There's right? a lot of uh, th- there's a lot of, the material breeds. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, the a lot of Southern Miss fans in the area. Anyway, right? I mean, you think about a lot of uh, you know the geographics make sense on on how. Oh many. sure, and they try to do that. I mean, that's that's how you can't go one to sixty four because then you'd have some ridiculous travel involved. So they they try as as and and I thought did a pretty good job of keeping a lot of teams close to home. Yeah, I think so you know with with Southern Miss fans re- relatively regional and the added specialness of this being the coach's last season. Mm-hmm. 19 seasons, I think something something like that he's been there. He's been there a while at at, at Southern Miss and so this is the uh this, this is the final season for that coach and I th- I think maybe you could see more Southern Miss fans making the trek uh for, for that too cuz it's been a, a pretty storied it, they've seven straight NCAA tournament berths, I believe, was the number I saw for for Southern Miss, which is a uh, it's a pretty nice number for for a non major program to be uh, uh, to, to be working on a streak like that in in, in college baseball. Yeah, and then meanwhile, uh, uh, Alabama is the 16 seed, and they've got Troy there in Tuscaloosa, along with Nichols and Boston College. So it's very it's a similar type thing they've got there. So I mean uh, that works. So um, both Auburn and Alabama hosting among that's now. I wonder if that's ever happened before. You know, I've seen all these things about we know it's the first time Auburn's had back-to-back. I don't recall Auburn and Alabama both hosting 
Hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm, but my, my memory is not what it used to be. So, but anyway, I mean, uh, uh, really interesting and really exciting is the, um, the road to the college world series, you know, going to be uh, a little clearer, uh, much clearer after this week, you'll be down to, you're going to go from 64 down to eight. We, we, we talked a little bit in the first hour about Janai, about, about Janai Broom's decision, the next. Uh, Janai Broom's decision to drop out of the NBA draft and, and return to Auburn. Yeah, we just briefly touched on I that. mean that that's such it's such a big get for Bruce Pearl and his staff it's uh, not it's it's a reminder that Brian that recruiting isn't just about bringing players in from outside the program there's also re-recruiting that coaches have to do and some coaches are better at re-recruiting their roster than other coaches but Auburn was able to convince Janai Broom a guy who had options yep. uh, you know what 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 he wanted you know he had a he had a bright future no matter what uh, he chose, uh, but they've convinced Janai Broom to stay and play another year of Auburn basketball. And with a new look backcourt and some some added players uh, to the uh, to the front court like Cheney Johnson and Chad Baker Mazzara, uh, along with uh, Janai and Jalen and Dylan coming back, I mean this is a this is an impressive looking roster that Bruce Pearl's working with uh, heading into the summer. It really is. Uh, they've improved the backcourt. Uh, they've given it more length, better three point shooting. You would think better perimeter defense. Uh, you've got a McDonald's All-American uh, point guard coming in, Aiden Holloway. Yeah, who's now been uh, been, been uh, well. No, it, it was it was uh, Tahat yeah. that uh, that got moved up to number one. But yeah, uh, Aiden but, with a great year and, and had a good spring too. Yep. And um, you know him and Trey Donaldson, I think, give Auburn really two quality point guards. Trey. Was Auburn's best three-point shooter in the NCAA tournament, and you saw his improvement over the year. You got Jalen and, and Janai back now, two really experienced bigs that can shoot the three and do a lot of different dynamic things. So, um, yeah, I, I like this team. I like the way they built it, and I think for Auburn and Pearl to be good, getting back to a team that can make threes. That's that's when he's at his best. The two thousand. Was it 2000? How long has it been now since they made the Final Four? Is that 2019? That team shot the heck out of three-pointers, yeah. right? And oh, it's great to, great to be able to have that anybody of the five, you know, yeah. can can take it outside the outside the arc and, and, and hit. I just think that's when Pearl's at his best when he has those type of teams. And uh, I think this team has the potential to be a much better three-point shooting team. I don't think it'll be as good as 2019. But I think it will be much better than last year's. Well, I was asking you, I mean, um, do, do you think they're done? I mean, uh, we were talking about that a little off the air because Auburn's got, what, 10 scholarships now and and maybe 11. Um, but they don't have to get to 13. I mean, right. unless you find just the right guy, which would probably be what, just uh, somebody that could – could maybe help a little inside and be a developmental type yeah, guy. I think developmental is right. Developmental four or five type guy would be you know what they want to add now if possible. Um, Bruce Pearl does not want to have thirteen guys on scholarship unless he's given a couple to um, walk-ons, right? Because that that doesn't you can't play thirteen, and, and it re- can create some unhappiness on on the team if you're the eleventh, twelfth, or thirteenth guy in the sure. rotation. Because usually it's going to be eight guys playing a lot of minutes and maybe a couple other guys you know filling in. Um, after that, it gets really, really tough. So, um, yeah, I think they're probably done unless they find a young developmental 4-5 type. 334-321-1390. We'd love to hear from you. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise. Then the other, 
The other thing, that, and this will be continued, it will, there will continue to be news coming out of Destin, Florida for the next few days as the SEC spring meetings are going on. Uh, it's football early on. The football coaches are down there now. The uh, other coaches, though, all, all the, I mean, uh, most of the coaches from around the Southeastern Conference in uh, just about every sport will be there. Then the ADs and then the presidents will come in. And, uh, you know, the coaches will, will uh, um, they've been spending a little bit of time with the media during their meetings going on down there. I heard some, you know, some comments about the weather. We talked about it a while ago about, hey, it's cooler than normal down there. And they said, yes, you know, Lane Kiffin showing up in sweats, not, not his uh, shorts and flip-flops like, like usually you, you would expect to see. But, uh, but the first thing that everyone seems to be wanting to talk about is the SEC football schedule for when Texas and Oklahoma come in. Texas and Oklahoma will be represented. They will be able, I mean, they, they will be heard, but they are not voting in, uh, you know, in, in the SEC meetings this spring. Yeah, and, and it's not just um, NIL and football schedule considerations that are being debated down there. That, that's what we talked about a little bit earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. There's the, um, the field storming. That that's you know there, there's there's the chances that there could right. be uh, stiffer penalties announced by the conference to uh, uh, to 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 make sure that programs are doing everything they can uh, to dissuade people from entering the uh, the, the the field of play uh, during or after uh, games are over. We'll see if, uh, if if the conference announces any new policies on that. I know that the I mean when, when you're talking about taking games away. At that point, I think as we said when, when this was, uh, you know, when it was announced that people were going to be pushing for stiffer anti-field storming penalties, if you're talking about things like taking games away... Taking or, home games, losing yeah. home games. Well, then, I mean, then you might, <coughs> then you might as well work out... Nine-game conference well, schedule if you're going to have different numbers, or no, what, what do mean, you say? No, at that, at that point, you might as well feel empowered to find schools eye-popping amounts of money because it's the same as taking... I mean, the financial hit that a an LSU would take if you said, all right, well, you're going to lose a home game. Right? Like, that's that's seven, eight figures. I mean, right? I mean, is that, that, that I kind of... I think it's all absurd. Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, that that kind of... I mean, you need, you need to be ready to start issuing what, $5 million, $10 million penalties well, I mean, as a conference if you're going to take away home games because that's... It's the kind of revenue that we could talk about with with some of these football games. Well, you might have to do something like that. I mean, because Sankey sounds very serious about there can be no more storming of the fields, and I don't see any way that you're. I don't see any way you can do that unless you build a fence. You know, you're going to have to put up netting all the way around the field so nobody can nobody can get on it. I, I mean, mean how, how are you going to how are you going to do that? It's just. I, I mean, they find they do find a way in professional sports. To keep fans off off of the field, and I think part of it is because the penalties are very stiff. If you go on the court during an NBA game or an NFL game, or even after an an NBA game or an NFL, yeah, you're going to feel the pain, and not just in your pocket. Yeah, so that so it, there's and for the folks who say there's no way to do it. Well, clearly there's a way to do it because the NFL and the NBA aren't dealing with this problem, and so yeah, part of it. But is gonna, NBA, I swear, the professional are professional fans as crazy as college fans? No, are. I, I, I don't think they are. No, I, but I also think professional fans are. are are aware of the really stiff penalties that you're talking about, criminal penalties that you're talking about if you go on the field. You know, you will be treated like someone 
who is, you know, who's guilty of criminal trespassing. And not only will you get a beating from security that could go viral, you'll also be charged with various crimes. And I'm not advocating for that at the college level, at least the, you know, the, the, the violence part. I don't want to see anybody get, be harmed. Uh, but, but no, part of it's probably going to be, if it's, if you're really trying to get rid of this, part of it's probably going to be, there needs to be an understanding that, that the penalties, uh, the, 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 the criminal, side of this needs to be like that that's where the schools are going to have to that's what the schools are going to have to look at they're going to have to look at are 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 you ready to are you ready to enforce because it seems like that's what's working for for professional stadiums yeah. and professional no, I agree. is that you you need to be ready to to but how do you you're going to treat people like criminal trespassers when they when they the, get on the but, field to play but how many times but in professional sports have you ever seen Ten thousand people or more rush the rush the field or not, court at the same time. Not in this. That's co- what you see in college. Not in this country. No, right? you see, that's you true. See that. you see, you that's see. true. And they, do they enforce it over no, there? No, they no. They, well, they they're struggling to. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, uh, no. I, I just think there's. I, I think the whole thing's overreaction. Yeah. I really do. Uh, I don't well, think it's that big. What what it is is the concern for litigation when the first time someone is seriously injured, and and the who's gonna who's gonna pay that. Who's going who's gonna to pay? And, or, or something, either a critical injury or just a really ugly incident. Were you mm-hmm. there? Were you in Fayetteville for the basketball game where Auburn mm-hmm. lost no. and the court was wrong? Because I've heard from, from some Auburn people who were there that night who still say to this day, Justin Ferguson told me uh, a story about this uh, recently, where, where Auburn was, not just Auburn, but I think in general, Th- that was the game where Arkansas dunked the ball at the end, mm-hmm. and was it Wendell? So, so an Auburn player went to confront the basket. The Auburn play, the, an Auburn player went to confront the Arkansas player as the court storming was going on. And it's like the notion of a fight breaking out in that situation, and what could have like the catastrophe that you could be talking about if there's post-game lawlessness on the floor and things get violent. Like, I get why people in, in positions of power say, like, we're, yeah, we're, we can't defend this in a court of law, and if someone is, is seriously hurt, we, we could be looking at the kind of money that we were talking about earlier, where, oh, you take a, oh, home, yeah. game, take a home game away or something like that. Yeah, let someone, like, if, if someone's, you know, seriously let injured. somebody get paralyzed and, or something. And a lawyer successfully argues that a school was sort of promoting court storming by by making it seem like fun and games or anything like that like it's a it's a it's a dangerous legal spot to be and i can get why i can get why schools want it out of the sport or or the um you know the the tennessee ad or who talked about sure we don't care but we'll replace the goalposts every week till somebody gets gets you know you know hospitalized but right. by, by that now that can be dangerous goalpost, a right. goalpost can hurt yes now, I, I can i can just see why as, as much as i don't know some traditions go away and I I think it's actually it's it's somewhat commendable that they're not waiting until something terrible happens before trying to. I know I sound like the fun police when I say, yeah, I'm probably in favor of of, of measures that reduce or get rid of uh, storming the field in college sports. But I just I can sense I I I understand the argument that something terrible is inevitable if this is encouraged or promoted and. Getting it out of the sport before then is probably the smartest thing to do. We need to get to our first break here of hour number two. One more segment with Brian before he heads out. So it's your last chance to talk with him here on the drive. Come on in here on this uh, on this edition. Now, more of the drive. The drive. 
with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews with us for a few more minutes. All right, we were just talking during the break, looking at, um, again, some of Ross Dellinger's stuff there on SI. Uh, he, he broke down um, if the conference were to, to go to a permanent eight-game schedule, then you'd have one permanent opponent. For Auburn and Alabama, it would be, that, that would be it. Right. Auburn would lose Georgia. Alabama would lose Tennessee. Uh, I was just looking at this. Tennessee has got to be screaming, yes, please, please let's go to a permanent eight-game schedule because under this proposal, um, Auburn uh, Auburn and Alabama get each other. Georgia and Florida would match up. Tennessee gets Vandy. So Tennessee would no longer have to play Alabama and Georgia on a yearly basis. They'd rotate them just like everybody else. That would be great for Tennessee. Um, I, I, I don't feel like it's just terribly, I, I heard the guys earlier on the line saying this is much more fair for Auburn to, to get Alabama on a yearly basis. I think it's more fair if you, if you do try to weigh it. Um, and like, like Barrett Salee was saying, play three teams that when you try to balance it throughout the league, everybody's playing three teams that are, that weigh about equally. Well, in the 6-3 model, the way they set it up was you divide the SEC into the top eight and the bottom eight. Based, on the, last, they, based on the last 10 years. And I when think, they yeah. did that, Tennessee was number nine. Yeah. That's why Alabama got Auburn, LSU, and Tennessee in their three. Right. Okay. And, and Auburn, people, people Auburn was going to get Alabama, Georgia, and Vandy because right. they're playing the top two. Right. So you'd play so one you, at the so bottom. The eight teams in the top get two in the top and one on the bottom as a as their three, and the teams on the bottom get two on the bottom and one on the top as their three. Well, what you can do without even really saying worrying about the top eight, just assign like sixteen points for one all the way down to one point for sixteen, right. and then try to have your three opponents as close to the same number for everybody. It would end up being three that average somewhere between eight and nine. Would would be the average, and, and I get, think a, they're get about a twenty five. Update total. that every four to eight years, or however long yeah. they want to do it, because this is going to cycle through every four sure, years. Sure, because if teams on the bottom start moving up, then they need to play a little tougher schedule. It just it seems... And the other thing about the schedule is sorry to interrupt. Oh, is people are making a really big deal about who your permanent opponent is, but you are playing every team in the SEC twice every four years, so. Almost every team is going to have a pretty tough. There's not going to be that many breaks. Right. But Even you if can, your permanent opponent is not as tough as somebody else, but you can make but you can make it more balanced with right. three than you can one. The, I the agree. Because when you're playing either Alabama or Georgia, you're playing them every year, and nobody else in the conference is having to play them, but twice every four years. Right. The objections don't make a ton of sense when, no. when they're when they're put up again. Now, now, if it's about money or if it's about trying I to I understand preserve, the money, and that's, if, that's if, absolutely. If it's about trying to preserve an eight-game uh, conference schedule with four winnable out-of-conference games because you think that's an easier path to six wins, yeah. which is so short-sighted. I, 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 have, I, have no, I have no sympathy for that. Right, no, but apparently there are some programs that might be lobbying to keep, you know, to have fewer conference they games. Are, they are. Get better. They definitely are. Because, yeah. that, because that's going to make the schedule tougher if you, if you add an, an SEC game to the schedule. And not, not only do you, do you think, you know, get better, but 
once we expand to a bigger playoff in college football, no one is going to care if you won five games or six games. Like it's it's the the, no, the right bowl there. games are going to be so irrelevant. They're outside. They're, of, they're pretty irrelevant right now. Sure, and, and with a fourteen playoff, they're they're pretty irrelevant. But once we get to a bigger postseason, right. the teams playing in bowl games who did not make it to like it's it's a nice thing for the week of practice, uh, and it's a nice trip for guys who don't get to see that part of the country very often. But it's it's going to be such an afterthought. Like, what is the fan attendance going to look like for these bowl games in in exotic places when the playoff is happening and you're outside the top twelve or the top sixteen? Well, you know, for for the for the actual college football postseason. Right. And the other problem with teams that finish with five or six wins, right, is by the time they get to the bowl game. Players are going to opt out for the NFL. Players are transferring. Oh, yeah, the transfer the portal. portal. Yeah. So some of them are like, do we have enough players to actually field a team to play in a bowl game? Think about Auburn's situation this past offseason yeah. compared to Florida's. Auburn, Auburn really didn't need to go to a bowl game, didn't want to. Florida did. And Auburn was reeling players, and Florida was way behind because yep. they were still trying to practice for that bowl game yep. that they got Embarrassing. Yeah, Florida's getting destroyed on national television in Las Vegas uh, in, in a game in front of about seven Florida fans in that stadium, and, and they and they did it on what was probably the most important recruiting weekend of the mm-hmm. season because it was the first weekend mm-hmm. when the portal uh, when when players in the portal could go on campus, and so Auburn was hosting uh, any any number of players from the portal that weekend while Florida was was playing in a, a, a terrible bowl and game. By far, there's no question about which was more important to the future of your program. It yeah. was what Auburn did. Hey, uh, Absolutely, oh, I think we'll I, see more. I think we'll see more programs turning down yeah. bowl games when they're not in the yeah. when they're not in the playoffs. I said to Dan earlier before we came on, it's like, well, the thing to do is just let the NCAA just say, in fairness to everyone, you can practice that extra week, but don't worry about bowls. You know, what I mean, because who cares anyway? And if your fans yeah. want to come out to a fall game or something like that, fine. The answer to who you get as many people coming just to hang around and watch a, a scrimmage. Maybe you could scrimmage other teams or U- something. Ultimately, yeah. I think who's going to end up caring is you know the, the folks that are trying to air Bronx, this. Yes. Yeah, they're trying to air this game. And, and the folks they're trying to those, sell those they've got commercial color, time. Uh, jackets who Ooh. make a lot of money doing whatever. Yeah, the, com- the, 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 the folks trying to sell their commercial time. That's right, and, and, um, and you know we'll probably have, uh, the, the, I guess, in the middle of December – a football game is, you know, it's 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 content for folks. To, it's content for folks to gamble on. We get used to seeing one just about every night, whether but, you care about it or not. But it really, you know. I just I just wonder about. That's right. I mean, it it seems increasingly silly as the number gets larger of bowls. Yeah. But once there's a postseason with a playoff, like a real expanded, decent sized playoff. What is the market for these bowls? Like, what are what? I mean, can we can we something not, to get something to bet on? That's, it. Not, That's pretty yeah, much the whole really thing. Is. It's like, hey, it's, we've got you something to place your money on. Action. It's That's act, right. Action for gamblers. Brian, uh, we're, we're about out of time. Uh, again, let everybody know what you guys have got going on and how they can keep up with it. I uh, appreciate that, and we'll have uh, plenty of content this week as far as baseball recruiting a weekend coming up and anything that goes on in the portal, which has obviously slowed down a lot, and SEC meetings. Of course, we've talked about. And I'm going to, uh, for tomorrow morning, I'm putting together a updated depth chart that's going to include the eight late spring uh, portal guys and the 10, I think it's 10 that actually enrolled uh, a couple of days ago uh, and sort of throw them all in there too. So look for that tomorrow morning. That's great. Thanks a lot, Brian. Glad, glad you could make it in. I'll see you at the, uh, see you at the ballpark. I'll be there. All right, we need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Jake Crane is back.
I don't guess we'll, we, we won't talk much about the last. We'll just, I'm sure he had a, sure he had a wonderful time. Uh, but we'll have him with us when we come back for the final half hour here on the Tuesday Drive. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, final 25 minutes here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan here in the studio with Drew at the controls. And let's welcome back uh, our, our good friend who from uh, Crane and Company, who um, now joining us as he does on Tuesday afternoons. And that is, of course, Jake Crane. Jake, uh, congratulations. Uh, as we, we, uh, we mentioned before, how was, how was the uh, trip abroad? Oh, man, it was great. The uh, the food was incredible. Uh, the wedding, you know, obviously went off without without any drama, which was fantastic. And, uh, no, it was great, man. Glad to be back, obviously. Uh, there's no place like the United States. But, you know, seeing Normandy and, and Omaha Beach and, and just all that, man, really puts a lot in perspective. And uh, it was it was great all around. No, and, and that that's a – it's a gorgeous, a gorgeous part of the world. And, and, and hopefully you uh... – uh, yeah, it's uh, you know ho- hopefully you guys get to have fun, safe travels, and and all that. You, you get back, and the, uh, the the meetings are taking place in Destin, the the SEC uh, uh, SEC brass uh, talking about uh, different uh, you know different ways forward for the conference. Seems like the football schedule has seems like has has taken uh, center stage, and the uh, the debate between an eight game uh, conference schedule and a nine game conference schedule rages on, Jake. Yeah, and look, it's a matter of time before divisions are gone and they go to a nine-game in-conference schedule. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a math problem. You know, the more teams you add, obviously down the road you're going to have to play more in-conference games. You know, the biggest question is, will it be 2024? Not looking like it's going to be 2024, looking like it's going to be more like 2025. But, you know, at this point, it's, it's kind of a battle over the TV situation. That's what it seems like it always comes down to. Obviously, that's where most of the money, if not all of it, uh, is basically made. So it's a matter of time. I mean, you've seen Greg Stanky come out and basically say, you know, we, I've got a good idea of what I want to do moving forward. It's just a matter of when, not if. And the greatest part about a nine-game in-conference schedule is that over a 40-year career, you can play every team home and away. Because, look, let's face it, divisions are stupid, at least in my opinion. You know, you, you look at it from a geographical perspective – I'm not Christopher Columbus, but somebody explained to me how Auburn and Alabama are in the in the West and Missouri's in the East. I can look at a map uh, at the end of the day. So that's where we're going. Uh, but it seems right now that, that the battle is between the TV rights situation. We have Tim Brando coming on tomorrow to talk about it. He's uh, That's definitely his bag. Yeah, you know, one of the things we were just uh, talking about a few minutes ago is, all right, so if you have a bridge, a one-year continuation of an eight-game schedule, which is what it looks like, uh, at least is being threatened, I guess, or brought up out there because there's no doubt Greg Sankey wants a nine game schedule. Uh, but, but if, if nobody wants to give in, then we'll have a continuation of that. How do you do that? Do you just 
keep the uh, keep the divisions, add Texas and Oklahoma, one to the east, one to the west? I mean, that would be the most plausible thing. And, and at this point, I'll never say never. I mean, during the COVID year, you played a nothing but a conference schedule. So uh, at the end of the day, they're going to do what they have to do. It is doable. Uh, I just, you know, at some point, and again, it, it's the TV negotiations. That's what it's coming down to. I understand that it's a business, and you go back and forth, and ESPN's in a, in a you know, very kind of interesting situation right now with what's going on over there. Uh, but, I, I mean, yeah, I, that's, I, you can't put two in the same division, right? You can't just treat them as independents and let them have a different format of schedule than everybody else. You've got to throw one in the West and one in the East uh, and try and play it as straight up as possible for that one year. That seems to me the most likely and the most logical outcome. Or, or Dan was saying, or now you go ahead and make the move of Alabama and Auburn to the, just for one year, you move them, <laughs> you move them over, bring Texas and Oklahoma in in the West. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's just so kind of back. I feel like that's kind of going the long route. Yeah, but then, then you'd, 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 lose, you'd lose Auburn LSU or Alabama LSU or something like that if you did that. You know, you know me, Jay. I'm the guy from the Sickos meme. You know, just, yes. Yeah, that's what, that's what <laughs> no, I wanted. Look, look, look. Uh, for sure. You're, you'll clockwork orange the schedule if you can. But, no, it's look, it, it's again, it's something that, it's an anomaly. It's a one-year thing. I just wish they could figure it out and rip the Band-Aid off. Let's go ahead and get this puppy cooked. But I think an interesting uh, kind of caveat onto this, and you've heard Greg Sankey talk about it, is kind of the challenge of it when you look at, like, the baseball schedule per se. Because, again, football is the moneymaker. We all know that. But this does have a ripple effect. Oh, man, we were talking about the other sports. I mean, in baseball, it sounds like uh, Commissioner Sankey wants to keep the SEC tournament at 12, and the coaches don't want to play more than 30 conference games. So you're really doing some rotating there in the regular season, which could have a huge impact as to who gets qualified to make the SEC baseball tournament. Yeah, well, I mean, if I'm, if, <laughs> if I'm looking at this from the perspective they are, where it's the best for the SEC – just do exactly what you did this year. I mean, you got eight teams that are hosting regionals, so uh, it tended to work out. But, look, coaches are always going to try and go for what they think is best, and they should, and the guys who are running the conferences are always going to go uh, for what they think is best. So it takes a lot. There's a lot. You think there's a lot of manipulation in football? Think about the, the lower amount of games you play in football compared to any other of the sports, right. baseball, basketball, and stuff like that. So sure, that's softball. Totally I mean, answer. absolutely. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. I mean, basketball is easier to do. Uh, baseball, gee, I was thinking for baseball, why not just go ahead and have all sixteen teams make it and have a single elimination instead of double elimination and save your arms. Yeah, you know, I, I, there's a couple other ways to do it. Um, that's one of them. My biggest thing is that you know I know these coaches want to be rewarded, just like in SEC basketball in the tournament, being able to get those buys play one less game because just because it's single elimination doesn't mean you're not going to run through the table and have to play extra games and then True. hop right into a regional at the end. Talking with Jake Crane from Crane and Company here on the Tuesday edition of The Drive. And, yeah, any uh, any thoughts on the draw for the uh, NCAA baseball tournament? A uh, lot, lot of SEC teams at the top, record-breaking eight SEC teams hosting regional play. The Sun Belt did pretty well with uh, with, with four programs of their own, even if, uh, if, if your beloved uh, South Alabama Jaguars are not in the draw uh, this year, Jake. Yeah, a tough year for them. Uh, they'll bounce back. I, I tell you what, um, you know, having John Cohen sit at the head of the selection committee is obviously a nice little uh, feather in the cap. Yeah, that doesn't Auburn. hurt. 
I can, yeah, I can, I can understand Campbell people being upset. You know, I really, really can. But I, I think there is a logical argument, obviously, especially the way Auburn played down the stretch, mm-hmm. uh, the way the pitching staff really, you know, kind of found themselves. The hitting's been there all year. You know, Gabe Gross caught a lot of flack a couple years ago for the lack of, of hitting ability. Um, and I thought this year they've just been absolutely fantastic. But uh, when I look at the draw that Auburn has, Southern Miss scares the hell out of me. That They scare me to death. They're playing as well as anybody in the country. And if you know anything about college baseball, Southern Miss is a program that, that they can, they've got the players to be able to play well. And we all know how crazy baseball is. But I tell you what, what Butch Thompson's been able to do, turn it around the season and not only make the postseason, but host a regional, it just goes to show you, at the end of the day, it's guys like Butch Thompson and Bruce Pearl that even when they're doubters, they seem to find a way to make a move in the postseason. Yeah, and it's hard to believe this is the first time Auburn has hosted regionals back-to-back seasons. And I was thinking and, and wondering about this a while ago. Can you recall a, a year in which both Auburn and Alabama were hosting? I, Bill, I can't. Yeah, I couldn't uh, you know, it's, it's, it's No, it's – and it's something, look, it, we all know – that the SEC is the most dominant conference in baseball, and they have been for a while. But how about the state of Alabama? All right, we know what Nick Saban and them have done in football. Hugh Freeze, you look at what Auburn's done in the portal and recruiting. It looks like Auburn is going to be back to relevance again. But in basketball, both teams make the NCAA tournament. Obviously, Alabama is a one seed. Uh, Auburn lost in the second round, but you both make it. Now both baseball is hosting, uh, both baseball teams are hosting a regional. Both softball teams. Uh, made it into postseason play. There's a lot of really, really good things going on in the state of Alabama and athletics at the two major schools. So, look, we're all we we know what side of the fence that we're on. I hope Alabama loses two games and they're out. But I can also be able to take a step back and appreciate, you know, really how far this state has come mm-hmm. from a wholesome standpoint in the athletic department. Because, guys, you know as well as I do, it wasn't that long ago where basketball wasn't relevant. Baseball was up and down. It was either one team was good and the other one was horrible. But it seems the consistency of the athletic programs. Uh, we're probably in the golden era right now of Auburn and Alabama athletics from a totality standpoint. And I didn't even mention gymnastics. You know, and I don't know all that much about Jason Jackson, uh, the interim baseball coach. He's at, making at a Alabama. pretty good case. I mean, yeah, what a couple of weeks. Uh, I mean, to, in, to inherit a situation like the situation uh, that he inherited uh, after the departure of head coach Brad Bohannon, uh, to to have Alabama as focused as he's had them and uh, to, to have them playing this way, yeah. I mean, w- what a job Jason Jackson has done uh, since stepping in as interim baseball coach at Alabama. Uh, very true, and you got to tip your cap. But I also want to say this. Sometimes when things happen like that, it's amazing how close it could bring a team together, kind of us-against-the-world mentality, right? You're not having to manipulate the chip on your shoulder, but being able to, in the era of the transfer portal where guys could have just mailed it in and said, you know what, our head coach got caught helping guys gamble on games, whatever, whatever. He did a really good job of keeping that unit together, and they've been able to use that as kind of a rallying cry going into the postseason. So, again, you gotta, you got to tip your cap, especially in a game like baseball, that we know 90% of it's 100% mental. Tallahassee, uh, Tallahassee Community College uh, product, by the way, raised in Havana, Florida, uh, Jason Jackson, just outside of uh, Tallahassee. So an 850 guy, we're rooting, rooting for him uh, to, uh, to, to keep, uh, yeah. keep up the good work. I should have te- uh, checked my texts earlier. Our buddy Floyd says that uh, he believes that Auburn and Alabama last hosted 
1999 at the same time. So it's been a while. Wow. It has, it's been a minute. Wow. Um, hey, uh, other good news for Auburn over the weekend, Janai Broom opting out of, you know, uh, of the NBA draft and returning to Auburn. They weren't going to find anybody, I don't think, that uh, could step right into his shoes if he had not come back. No, it's huge. You know, we talk about this on the show all the time. Getting a big back like that, it's like getting your run game back, right? Because rebounding travels. It, when you've got to go to the well, sometimes you're not shooting very well. you got to be able to get rebounds and put the ball back in the basket. We know Janai's offensive game uh, is, is very high level. Uh, I think he's going to become a better shooter. And how much confidence do you think he gained doing what he did uh, while trying out for the NBA, earning the ability to have a two-way contract, but coming back, and you look at the leadership of this team, and listen, I know Alan Flanagan went to Ole Miss. Alan's a, you know, he's a good player, but, but I kind of like the DNA a little bit uh, of this Auburn team that's coming back. But getting your big man, that, that's Christmas come early for any coach. Yeah, I mean, Auburn had made some, some other additions to the roster. You have the, the five-star Aiden Holloway coming in as a point guard. You won the recruiting battle for Denver Jones. The front court with Chad Baker, Mazzara, and Chaney Johnson, a couple of smaller school players. And they look like they could. Stop. I mean, I think Auburn had done well. You take Janai Broom away, and either you're going to have to get real creative with lineups, or you were going to have to go find someone who can protect the rim in a market yeah. where the, the pickings are kind of slim right now. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a huge re recruitment win for, for Bruce Pearl and his staff. Well, yeah, and in the era of the transfer portal, I mean, continuity is rare these days. And, and having a guy download that understands the system and understands the competition. I mean, you went to the NCAA tournament. We know what he did at Moorhead State, but coming to Auburn, being able to live up to those expectations and, and coming back. And, you know, I, I think when you look at it, I, I want to make sure that, that you give the guys that came before him uh, a little bit of credit. You know, we've seen what guys are doing in the pros right now, uh, what Walker Kessler's doing. It seems that Auburn is getting in the habit of, excuse me, developing big men that can play at the next level, and, and you, you tend to be able to get more and more and more of those guys. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, that Denver Jones kid, I know it may not be the flashiest name or the sexiest name out there, but that kid is an absolute bucket, and I think Auburn fans are going to fall in love with his game. Cheney Johnson gives me some Anthony McLemore vibes a little bit, just his IQ of the game. But the Denver Jones kid, I, I just love his versatility and his length on the offensive side. Yeah, I like I like the makeup uh, from what we've seen of this team. Great stuff as always, Jake. Great to have you back. Uh, just let let everybody know what you've got coming up on Crane and Company. Oh yeah, we uh, we're live every morning, uh, weekday morning. Excuse me, from six thirty to eight. YouTube Daily Wire Plus. It's Crane and Company, C R A I N and Company. Talking a lot of college football. Had Danny Cannell on today. Very excited about what Hugh Freeze is doing at Auburn. We're talking about that and. Uh, I'm going to address Brian Harson's comments about Auburn uh, mm. tomorrow as well. So you may want to check that out. Uh, for a guy that got paid millions of dollars to not do anything at Auburn, he probably just needs to keep his mouth shut and enjoy his money. But that's the story for tomorrow. Looking forward to it, Jake. Thanks a lot, man. Have a great week. All right. Y'all be good. Jake Crane joining us as he does Tuesday afternoons. We need to get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive. 
are live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final few minutes here on this Tuesday. Our thanks to Jake Crane joining us this hour. Barrett Salee in hour number one. Hope you uh, had a chance to hear those guys. And, of course, Brian Matthews being with us for the first hour and a half. Yeah, and check, check out the podcast uh, brought to you uh, by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. If you uh, missed any of our con- our contributions earlier in the show uh, from uh, for, from Brian Matthews or Barrett Salee or Jake Crane, available wherever you listen to podcasts, just search for The Drive with Bill Cameron or go to ESPNAU.com or RadioAlabama.net and check out the podcasting, uh, check out the podcast center presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Uh so let's see. Over the next few days, we'll see what else comes out. A lot will be coming out, and 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 as we've said, and as we spoke with with Brian and Barrett and Jake, I mean, it's not just the future football schedules. I mean, it's um, bringing Texas and Oklahoma. As I said, their their AD and president. I don't think their coaches are going to be here. No, because their coaches are getting ready. I guess you know, in a month or so, to go to the Big Twelve. Media days for the for the last time. I mean, maybe they will. You know, maybe, maybe. I wonder. I I could I could see them waiting a year. Yeah, but I mean, but their but their ads and presidents will be uh, here, and they they will be their voices can be heard. They'll be involved in the discussion, and I'm sure they'll give their thoughts. And both Texas and Oklahoma, look, they're they are both all for a nine game conference schedule. So even that's the thing. Greg Sankey can say, look, if we're 7-7 right now, because all they need is 8 of the 14. They need a simple majority. If they're 7-7 right now, Texas and Oklahoma are going to push it over, and after their first year, the first year they're able to come in, they're going to, uh, they're going to vote for the nine-game yeah, schedule. I saw some, uh, speaking of the Big 12, I saw some news that um, was it Dennis Dodd had a story that it, it sounds like Colorado is, uh, you know, could, could be, if we're looking for dominoes to fall among Power 5 schools or where we could see more movement, uh, Colorado jumping uh, back into the Big 12 uh, could be very much in play. In huh. fact, Colorado could be one of several Pac-12 schools uh, looking at the, uh, uh, the, the four corners of the Pac-12, uh, uh, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah, along with Colorado, could be uh, prospective Big 12 members uh, if the uh, if, if the conference were to break apart. But that's uh, something that, as the Big 12 uh, wrestles with the departure of Texas and Oklahoma and figures out where they want to go, uh, it seems like maybe uh, some uh, some Pac-12 members could be in their sights. Yeah. So uh, state, I mean, they're, they're... that league that league's in trouble, man. I mean, just between between uh, the Wash- Pac. Yeah, between, oh, yeah, between, no doubt. Between Washington, or the, the Big 12 is in much better shape than the Pac-12. Well, with, with, with Washington... Even or, with Texas and Oklahoma leading. Washington, Oregon, Stanford, and Cal possibly looking like they could they could find a home in, in, in the Big 10 or, or in another major conference. Probably the Big 10. And then, and then the schools in the four corners looking at Big 12 schools just don't have much of a league left, left over after that. So I just, um, yeah, so it seems like, seems like that could be something to watch for as well. We're out of time here on the Tuesday Drive. Jason Caldwell should be joining us in the first hour tomorrow. Hope you'll be with us then. We're out of time for today. Have-